I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Ah, uh, welcome to Preach Kev Preaches, Pastor Kevin Kev, here with another episode, another sermon. And today I, we're going to tag this one, It's Easy to Be a Villain. And I have Antoine back with me. How you doing today, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Appreciate you having me back on the show. No problem. So, every villain, to me, you know, it's like, it's like the media always, the media and the world just always have to have a villain for every story, for whatever it is. And to me, you know, every villain is a hero in their own eyes because I, I mean I feel like they can justify what they're doing. And you know, it's a couple, it's a couple of things going on right now in the sports world that I just want to want to address. And we got to pick, I guess, pick to see who's the real villain in the story. But first, we're gonna talk about, I guess, I guess this this the main one right here, Kawhi Leonard. Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess San Antonio fans. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about Kawhi? Just 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 overall. Nah, in all honesty, man. I seen where Kawhi was coming from with the whole. You know, he didn't feel like the team had his back with the quad injury, and I feel like the biggest reason. The I feel like the single biggest reason that he left was Tony Parker. Man, I felt like we got rid of Tony Parker. He should have gave us at least one more year to try to fill it out. He said he didn't want to do that, so we had to. Do we had to do for best for him and well best for the team at that point? All right, so the trade was Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green sent to Toronto Raptors for Jacob Portal and DeMar DeRozan and a protected first round pick for 2019. Um, who do you think is a winner in this trade? Well, uh, I would say we are the winner and. The reason, and I say we, I say San Antonio Spurs, seeing as I am a fan of the Spurs, uh, I say they won the trade due to the fact that Kawhi didn't want to be there, and he also doesn't want to be in Toronto. Like, you know, we one thing that I said when he said that he wanted to go to the Clippers or the Lakers, I said Pop is not going to ship him where he wants to go, especially in the conference. Like. It's potential that we could play with you later down the road. So I feel like we we won a trade because he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be in San Antonio. Uh, they basically, We basically got an all-star. But we got basically uh, the best piece who's going to get back, really. Ready piece, other than some young talent. Because we weren't going to get the same caliber player. We weren't going to get the top five player back for him. 
So we had to go, you know, get the next best thing. And I feel like the Rosen is going to come in for us and play well, man. I feel like, you know, he, he feel like he has something to prove. And he feel like his, we aren't, we, uh, Toronto wasn't loyal to him. So I feel like, you know, he's coming to San Antonio. And we're going to accept him with open arms here in San Antonio. I like, and another thing I like about Trey, I like how we, we was able to pick up uh, the, the young big. Uh, what's what's his name? Uh, Porter. Uh, Porter. Yeah. Porter. Yeah. Yes. And I I like him, man. He's a uh, he he gives us some youth in our back uh, in our front court. You know, we getting old, kind of old back there with Lamarcus and Gasol. So he gives us some youth, and you know, them foreign big man, they play well in pop system. Uh, and I'm gonna play devil advocate because you know I think Toronto did a good job in this trade as well. Okay, yeah, you might not get to keep Kawhi. Maybe, you know, after this year. But think about this. That team in Toronto has been together, what? You know, I mean, besides adding Ibaka, they've been together three, four years. And we know Toronto's the same success. They get to the first or second round, that's it. Got to the Carlos Finals one time and got swept. Yes, LeBron James is gone. But Boston and Philadelphia are getting better. And Toronto, to me, is stand, was stand, standing still. You know, so they wasn't getting no better. And you got they had I think they had two years left with you know with um with Kyle Lowry now, Ibaka and Val. And if you think about it, if you trade if you trade DeRozan's contract and let's say I mean now, I mean, because like I said, if you if Kawhi gets back, if he's healthy, he's back to normal. He's the best I mean, I think he's the best player in the conference. I mean, maybe Yama's got something to say about it. But when Kawhi was healthy, let's not forget Kevin Durant wasn't making first team NBA because of Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard, and he was defending him and giving him twenty five a night when he played against him. So you got to think. I'm thinking. So in my head, I'm thinking. Okay, you might have fired a head coach, but the offense got better because of Nick Nurse, who's the head coach now. And if you, if you won fifty nine games with the Rosen, and you had the best bench in basketball last year, I'm thinking if you add a Danny Green and a Kawhi, I mean. You know, like, like your two guard. I mean, you play now. You playing defense. OG play defense. Now you have you have a little a little small ball lineup with Ibaka at the four. I mean, at the five. OG at the four. You know, Kawhi all the way down. Denny Green, Kyle Lowry. You got guys who play defense, and now you adding an offensive minded coach and Nick Nurse. You got to think if I win fifty nine games, I can at least stay there or maybe get to sixty. Okay. And, and, yeah, and, and if it, if it don't work out, only got only I got what you can start Lowry for you one more start. year, Ibaka for one more year. I can rebuild. And I feel like with uh, they got better from last year by adding them, uh, the Toronto Raptors. They got better by adding Kawhi and Danny Green. But I also feel like the Spurs got better. We added to a 49-47 win team. We added an All Star. We didn't. We we had like we added another All Star. Kawhi didn't play at all on the forty-seven win team. We right. was six. We was a seven seed in the West as a forty-seven win team without our best player. So I feel like we 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 added a piece that we didn't have last year. So I feel like that's going to push our wins up. Yes, other teams in the West made moves, but I feel like it's some like the only two teams playoff wise, if make playoffs next year, that I feel that that scares me in the West is the Rockets and the Warriors. So I feel like their head and shoulders better than us. I don't think I feel like the Rockets like that anymore. Yeah, because they did lose some defense, some of their defensive. Were they able to sign, resign Clint Capella? Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't resigned. Yes, he, has, he hasn't resigned. Yet. See, and if he doesn't, and like I said, but he's going to resign. It's the it's inevitable. Yeah, ain't really so much money. Ain't nowhere else for him to go. But I just feel like you know those are the two teams. I feel like we could have beat, we could have beat the uh, the Pelicans. 
the Jazz, the Thunder, any of those other teams that was in the playoffs besides those two last year. In the seven-game series in the first round, we would have played anybody else besides the number one and number two seed. We would have been competitive. It would have been a six, seven-game series, right? That's how I feel about us. We, we got better from last year. We didn't get, get better from the year before, of course, because we lost Kawhi Leonard. But from last year, we got better. And he didn't want to be there. So if you don't want to play for us for millions of dollars, then hey. That's true. All right, moving on to Le'Veon Bell and Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so we're talking about villains. It's kind of it's kind of hard to pinpoint who actually is is a villain in the story because Le'Veon Bell, okay, he's been franchise tagged two times. And the media is making Bell look like the victim because of what he's asking. And I, I do understand about him wanting to reset the running back market because, one, he does more than a, a regular running back. And now nowadays – I, I understand you got the Gurley, David Johnson. They do a lot just besides running. But you got to think, I mean, it's, it's really the player's fault that they got slotted into these, like, pay ranges. Like, you know, the quarterback, yeah, like quarterback gets so much money. I got to pay the L, I gotta pay the left tackle. I got to pay the defensive end a lot. You know what I'm saying? And then and then hey, running back. Corner. Yeah, <laughs> and then the running back could just so happen. That, that lost art in the league nowadays, yeah, really. Yeah. But think about it, though. Because it's a pass person in the NFL. Pass person in the NFL. And if you think about the teams, you know, outside you know, outside of uh, what? Um, Pittsburgh, uh, Rams with Gurley, David Dallas. Zeke. I mean, the the rest of the NFL right. usually use committees. Yeah, it's running back by committee. You're right. You're right. And that's and, – and I feel like, you know, a bigger time I – don't, I don't, like I said, I don't want to name a villain in this situation, so I don't want you to put me in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> but – Honestly, I, I like I said, I see where both coming from. With the Steelers, you pay, paying a one player, you run, and that one player being a running back, fourteen point five million a year, and he wants guaranteed money. That's the big thing with Le'Veon Bell. That's the reason why they can't come to terms. He wants guaranteed money, and in Pittsburgh, we don't do contracts like that. We offer you your first year and maybe your second year; those be guaranteed, and then the rest of your contract, nah, there's no guaranteed money for you to get unless you're on the roster. That's the only way you get guaranteed money. He won't money just if he get cut regardless. And that we it, we don't fight like that. But I side with if I have to pick a side, I'm gonna say I side with Lady Leon Bell on this, man. And I hate to go against my beloved Steelers, but here are a few reasons why. I'm gonna say it like this. The great Jay Z said it best. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. His numbers speak for themselves, man. He's a top three running back, and he was in the top ten in receiving, receptions wise. Like when you're like, if you take him off the field for us, in my opinion, you take him off the field, we become so one dimensional with Antonio Brown. It doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. So we have we have to pay him for the production that he's putting up. And it's time it's time for the NFL to start paying great players other than quarterbacks they're worth, man. The NFL is a multi billion dollar league, Pastor. They are most multi billion dollar league, and that and they and they get paid. I understand it's way more players on the roster, but I feel like you should go to the the next collective bargaining agreement. The players association should go to the owners and demand more demand more of the the uh, the revenue, demand more of it because y'all are the workforce. That's what the NF. That's what the NBA did. They went, they went to the collecting bar table with Chris Paul as the head of the Players Association and LeBron as the VP, so on and so forth. They had their best, the best players at, at the top of the league representing them, and they asked for more money across the board. 
They have to do that if they if they want to be paid their worth. And the NFL is a brutal sport. For the best employer, for the best players to not be paid what they're worth by their employers, that's that's blasphemous, man. That's blasphemous. And me personally, I feel like, you know, this is the Le'Veon side of me talking. I feel like he should shut out a few games into the regular season, man. Uh, let them know what they're missing. Let them know what they're missing. 14.5 mil is a – that's a stretch. That's a stretch, Kev. That's, that's a stretch for a running back. But if I feel like if we can meet in the middle at that 10 or 12 mark, something in there, then we should we, we should we shouldn't bud like if we can offer him twelve point five million a year and he could we shouldn't go no lower than that because he's worth it. No, you have to be right because I'm just, like I said I do understand him wanting to set the market, but let me tell you this right here: in two thousand eight, Stephen Jackson signed a contract, it was the highest paid running back, and that was eight million dollars. Devontae Freeman is, is the highest paid running back contract eight point five and making eight point two five. Like why haven't it gone up in in eight years? While, like you said, the other markets are rapidly increasing, and, and like it, I said, it's, it it is it is bad. But you know, you it's like uh, a lot of teams, like you see, the Rams just paid Brandon Cooks. Now you mm-hmm. see how much money he just got. He is not worth what Todd Gurley is worth. And if you Todd Gurley, you got to go to the nego- to the table and like and, when, and like when is his contract up, Todd Gurley? Because that's who that's who I want to see. Like Le'Veon is trying to set the running back market for. Todd Gurley. That's basically what he's doing right now. I think I think his contract may be up in let's see, he was uh, is this, this his contract year? Is this his contract it, year? It should be his contract year, yes. Okay, so he's still under his rookie contract. So yeah. So yeah, he franchise tag for him next year too. I'm confident he will be franchise yes, tag. I think I think Zeke will be franchise tag. I think David Johnson, who's in who's not being talked about, who was who's also related with Le'Veon Bell right now. Yeah, he was injured. Uh, holding out. But he he holding out. But Dave Johnson just as good as anybody else. Yeah. And, and I also feel like with Le'Veon Bell, man, they, they say that, you know, he's had problems. He stays injured. Uh, he's been suspended. I just, he, he had, I feel like he had a one injury riddle season, in my opinion. That was the, you know, he, the year he really messed up his leg. And he had that weed thing. And I feel like, you know, we haven't had any more problems out of Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell since then, bro. Like, if we let Le'Veon Bell walk, I guarantee you he's going to walk right into the Cleveland Browns' arms. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. <laughs> but see, but Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, I'm not even really worried about the injuries and worried about the the weed because he's because man. he because he's um he's dominated on the field. But yeah, my, like my yes. only problem would be is the miles on his body at 26. Because for a 26 years old, he have a lot of body, and for Pittsburgh, for a team that runs him into the ground. Get, you know, I mean, he got like I said, if you if you're if you're leading leading the league in like carries and like you said, top ten receptions, like you have a lot of volume. He's a running back. How how you know saying how how much more do he had to give? Which I understand, that's why I understand why Pittsburgh is being like a little delicate. But that's their fault. If you ram in the ground, you run you run in the ground. Well, my thing is pay him so you can so you can run him in like no disrespect, but pay him so you can run him into the ground. Like you pay that man his money, he will give you. Great season after great season, as long as his body can hold up. So, like you know, what's wrong with what's wrong with the short term deal? Like, like you see, what Kirk Cousins got a three year, eighty four guaranteed. You know he's not getting, you know he's not getting a fully guaranteed contract because he's running back. But what's wrong with the two year? I'm gonna give him twenty million dollars. Like you know, that two years, all twenty million guaranteed, or three years, uh, thirty five. You know, what I'm saying all of the guarantees. You know, something like that. How, why, why we have to push this number of five years? 
We I just and, and I just feel like with that, I just feel like you know they don't they don't. I just feel like for both sides, let me on bail. So say he has, he gets his two years, twenty mil a year, and you know, I, and he has to go back to the negotiating table after two years. Say he has two bad years, or yeah, oh, uh, he has a good year this year, then the next year, the, the year, the, his contract year is a bad year. He got to go back to the negotiating table after having a bad year, or say they pay him the twenty mil and he outplays his contract, like he outplays his contract. The Steelers don't want to have to go back to that. Like they, they they're trying to get something done long term because we we can already see it with them negotiating. If they have to come to this again in the next two to three years, it's it's not going to go well. Well, I know he's not going to get franchise tag again because. Get, oh no, nah, that's twenty seven mil or something. Get, like. If you get franchise tag again, it's a hundred and forty four percent increase of salary. So yeah. that's not something people want to do. Like, like. Yeah. All right, let's move yeah, on not. to uh T O. Another guy the media want to paint to a villain. Um so he's skipping the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um and he says he's boycotting the Hall of Fame for those who had to wait and are and guys who are still waiting. So I guess my question is like the NFL is being petty. Or you think T.O. is being petty? Because like you see, you see the the NFL was is not was we were announcing that T.O. is a Hall of Famer, I guess, in the ceremony parts. But T.O. you know, and T.O. not even worried about it like that. But I mean, I guess I get his side too, um, because okay. one, I think he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer because they chose Marvin Harrison over Terry Lewis. Like I said, go ahead, finish. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna talk, speak on that right, more so, when we finish. And, my my only thing about this is the TO thing should be in a void because my whole thing is they need to ch- they must change the voters. Like I'm not saying you need to go scrap all the writers, but you need to have former football players, Hall of Fame football players, writers, Ooh, and current right. football players. Like just just a, you need a you need a committee of such because yeah. like you said like you said numbers don't lie and TO numbers speak for himself and it should have been first ballot Hall of Fame. True. Now I and I side with you on this because, like I said, I never side with the NFL on anything just because it's the NFL. <laughs> but uh, I side with you because, like I said, the NFL doesn't respect its outspoken stars. They doesn't. They don't respect that outspoken stars. T. You said the T.R. should have been the first ballot Hall of Famer. You cannot write the history, the story of the NFL without putting the name Terrell Owens in it. Yeah, this man played he should, a Super Bowl with a broken leg. Yes, yes, like yes, and was arguably the best player in the Super Bowl. Yeah, on offense for like on offense for his team. You you can't you can't like and To is and I can say To but To just so recent like more recently he is the athlete where what he d- does off the field is counted for what he's done on the field. Like that doesn't make any sense to me when. The Hall of Fame should be solely based on what you did on the field. Like I said, did, did they take OJ out the Hall of Fame because he did what he did? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, they moved him down the ballot. Like, was he not a first ballot Hall of Fame? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's true. And then, but what has what really T.O. really done off the field? Nothing as far as criminal. Like, he, nothing criminal. And, and the crazy thing is, when you ask, because I've been, like I said, I've been looking at different. Building up to this, I've been looking at different interviews where teammates and coaches talk about T.O. The one of the greatest coaches ever, Bill Parcell, loves T.O. Loves T.O. One of the great, the, 
greatest quarterback ever, Steve Young. Love T.O. Like, they love his work ethic, bro. You can't say that he, people say he tore locker rooms apart. But on Sunday, he moved the chains. He moved the chains. And that's why I feel like, you know, I side with T.O. on this, man. But I feel like he should have been, uh, you know, he should have been the first ballot Hall of Famer, man. Can't write the story of the NFL without, with T, without including T.O. in it. And I just feel like this is another reason why I feel like the, the NFL, the writers and the media should have a, they shouldn't have so much of a say so who makes the Hall of Fame. Because the media didn't like T.O. Like, they didn't like him. Plain and simple. That's who always painted him out to be the bad guy. It was the media. So that's why I feel like, you know, I'm going to side with T.O. on this one. Uh, the NFL is being petty by not announcing one of its greatest players. Like, and, and that's another reason why the NFL, in, in my book, they just, they're, they're falling behind. When it comes to, when it comes to employers and employees and commissioner and players and owners and players, the NFL is far behind the rest of the leagues, man. There's no, there's no negotiating with the NFL owners from the player standpoint. And that's why I was out with T.O., man. He can't win for losing in this situation because of the media. And that's true. Like I said, I, I just keep going back to his first year of eligibility. And he lost to Marvin Harrison. Now, I'm not saying Marvin Harrison is not a Hall of Famer. He ain't T.O. But he's, exactly, he's not T.O. And I just don't, I just don't understand. And, and let's not forget, like, let's not forget, Marvin Harrison always had a murder charge too. Yeah, murder charge. T.O. The worst like, he's done is did sit-ups in the driveway. Yeah, like, a, like, let's not forget that now. Like, people like to talk about T.O.'s character. That's what's holding him back. Nah, nah. T.O. T.O. hasn't been suspended for been accused of murder, rape, none of that stuff. The other none of that. And I just don't, I don't get why they they hate him so much. But like I said, yeah, I was spoken. Yeah, just, just, just yeah, I spoke yeah. And that's it. Um, let's go move on to the N WNBA, WNBA, because this is another another topic as far as like a lot of people get mad at when when women say that they should be paid, you know, a certain you know a certain amount of money, just like the NBA. Mm -hmm. Um, my only thing, my thing is with WNBA is I do they should be paid more because that's why they play overseas because they get more money. But it's like it's hard to find the right spots for WNBA, which is why they're in the summertime because you can't play them during the NBA season because that's all they're gonna watch, and you can't play, you really can't play in the NFL season. The NFL dry, you know that's 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 the money market. So, mm -hmm. but. It got to be a way to make WBA more to pop more. I don't know what what your idea is. And I'm gonna say this: the uh, this this last year, the NBA has had its it had its highest attendance in like since the early 2000s, like last year. More people watched the game. They they got more merchandise money to the WNBA last year than and than any other time since like since the early 2000s. And my biggest and I say this: the reason behind that is they're they're finding. Other other ways to expand the game to get people to watch the game, and my biggest thing is, I don't know if you've seen this, but they've been streaming their games on Twitter, uh, and that's that's they've been reaching a wider audience by streaming their game on Twitter. That's smart. Yes, and they so they've been trying they've been reaching a wider audience. And also, uh, you you probably don't have title, but I have title, and they also stream some of their games on there. They're reaching a wider audience. They're growing their game, and I also feel like that the in the next two to three years. 
is going to start to increase. The pay of the players is going to start to increase. Because just think about it. In the NBA, 20, the, the WNBA is 21 years old. When the NBA was 21 years old, you know how much they was making per year? $12,000, bro. <laughs> like, and, of course, we got to change it with inflation, with the time difference, of course. But they was making 12. They, they also had part-time jobs, like, in the NBA. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like it's gro- it's growing. The NBA is growing at a faster pace now than the NBA was growing when it first started. It's growing at a very faster pace now than, than when the NBA first started. Well, yeah, and also you know you know how we look at NFL, NBA, and you know how we think. Okay, now the times of, of talent has you know exceeded. So same same now. WNBA is getting more and more stars. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. and it's star and it's stars that we actually. No, the Maya Moores, the Candace Parkers, the uh, Brittany Griners. Like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like, like I said, Brittany Griner arguably had her own brand, her own following, just off the fact that she was dunking in college. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like the college game is being, the college game is being more, more exciting, especially when you get down to the final few teams. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're seeing, more, seeing more competitive games. In, in the college area, too. Because, like I said, for a minute, just just for instance, Kentucky had uh, – UConn, not Kentucky, I'm sorry, UConn in the women's game has had a their foot on the necks of every other college basketball team in the last, what, 10 years, you could say? Yeah. Had their next And I feel like a lot of the time that has been what's been driving the NBA down, but now it's pushing it up. Because Brianna Stewart came in a star just based off of – her college career, like we knew, Brianna Stewart was a bucket because she won four national championships in college. Yeah, and then so dynasties are good. Dynasties make everybody else get better, which is why everybody's trying to stack an NBA for Warriors. And then I feel like uh, also they're going to be begin making more money next too. They, they're going to be the first sport. I promise you, I ain't gonna say the first sport, but they're going to be one of the first few sports to cash in on the new gambling, uh, the new gambling rule that allow you to gamble on uh, professional sports outside of Vegas. I feel like the and the reason that I feel like that is because when you when you watch the WNBA basketball, how many blowouts do you actually see in the WNBA? Not many. The only, only one, many. only one you see when like, I mean, you got a couple bottle feeders, but that's because you know, yeah. But it's it's you know, all these have that. Right. But when I watch WNBA, because I do I do watch it. People may be like, yeah, and you watch it. I watch the WNBA. I'm a basketball fan, so people. Uh, when you watch the WNBA, it's all it's always a good game. So when when gamblers are looking at the WNBA, they looking like okay, so. This team only beating this team by two points. That's how gamblers think. They only beat this team by two points, so I'm gonna get this team to win. But I'm gonna say they're gonna lose by three because all WNBA games are close. They're easier to bet on. Yeah, and you get more. You get more money, man. Like so, it's gonna start driving the revenue the NBA is bringing bringing in up. And also a story I read about WNBA is they only give like forty five percent of their revenue. Is put in, only forty five percent of the money they make is put into their players' contracts. That's that's crazy to me, man. I just feel like any professional sports league, at least fifty percent of your revenue should go to your employers. That's why the NBA contracts are so good. That's why the MLB contracts are so good, and that's why you look overseas to all them soccer teams, Real Madrid and Barcelona. They give over fifty percent of their revenue to their players. So I feel like you know everything about the the WNBA is about to be on the rise from. How many games are shown on TV? To their attendance, to the popularity of the league, to their players. 
Because I feel like, like I said, I've been seeing more. I've been seeing more Candace Parker this year now since than I've seen her since Tennessee. The the good the good thing about WBA is, like you said, the, like the talent is getting better and better each each time. So all these players that are in the NBA WBA right now are great. But you know, there's girls that's on the way, like coming that's getting genetically taller and genetically just yeah. already. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing. The NBA is is getting bigger. Like you're right. Like. Year after year, more you're seeing more. Like I said, it's gonna be rare. We probably will never see a seven foot women's basketball player, but we're seeing more six sixes, six sevens, and six you know taller players, more bigger female athletes. To be honest with you, and they're agile with it. Yes, they're moving, but like you're right. Like you, that's that's a good point. They're agile. They're not just big bodies. They're athletic. They actually have moves, man. They actually have moves, bro. They actually have and like I said, one of my favorite players to watch play is Chelsea Gray from uh that plays for the Los Angeles Sparks. Oh yeah, she she got it. And like I said, and she's just so clutch, bro. Like she is just so clutch. So like I said, WNBA is on the rise, Kev. And like I said, and don't and when when you tell that to somebody, they be like, Man, no, ain't nobody watch WNBA. Just remember I said this about two or three years. We having this podcast and we got millions and millions of viewers and listeners. But that's why I said Two, three years ago, WNBA was going to be on the rise. And they are. Here we are. <laughs> All right, so give, give me your top five WNBA players. Top five. Oh, in order? In order. For five, go five to one. Uh, Aneka Ogumake, number five. Number uh, four, Maya Moore. Number three, Sylvia Fowles. Number two, Candace Parker. I mean, I'm sorry. Number three, Della Dine. Number two, Candace Parker. And number one, the GOAT, Diana Taurasi. Okay, we got we we got four of the same five, but my five I would put Brianna Stewart in there as my five because yeah. I mean she just I just like, like said, Fox, so I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brianna Stewart man, like you said you know we got we had the privilege of being able to see her live, you know because she played in our conference for our university yeah. so and she was a bucket she was a bucket and like I said six five six four six five who could shoot threes rebound push the break push the break do it all do, do it all so that's why she's my number five I got my more four like you Del Don's three. But you know I'm a I'm a spark at heart, so you know I gotta go Candace one and down down to Rossi two. Make yeah, I'm a spark man. I love sparks. But like I said, and like I said, it's players that we actually remember playing in college. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's players we remember playing in college. Like people knew Skylar Diggins from being pretty at Notre Dame, but now she like she has a some fame because she's in the WNBA. She's built the a college, she built the brand at Notre Dame, so it was able to pass that pass on through to the to the WNBA. The big stars in WNBA are becoming are becoming global athletes, so that's why I feel like Sonas rise. And shout out to Kane, bitch, for scoring fifty three points. Oh yeah, a bucket. She was getting a bucket, bro. Crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Fifty three points. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go over our, our sports villain top five list in the sports uh, industry. Um. So I'll start it off. Uh, start out. We're gonna go. We're gonna go in order. You go five. I'm gonna go five. All right, like so that. I'm my five is as a sports villain because everybody outside of his city love him, and that's Tom Brady. Okay. Just, just, just have everybody. I mean, think about how jealous people can be for somebody to sustain success that long. Yeah, and and the NFL at that too. Yeah. Okay, my number five is uh the NFL owners. Mm. Yeah, that's a you know. I just, I say, you know, they 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 just been wrong on so many issues from 
the the protest to uh the Zeke Elliott decision with him being suspended even after we found out the woman lied, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. So that's why I'm gonna throw the NFL owners in at number five. All questionable. Number four, I got the coach, the GOAT coach in college football, Nick Saban. And you know what's crazy? Number four, I had Nick Saban. But I took him off because I'm a Bama fan. <laughs> <laughs> so I, in his place, I put Bill Belichick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, same For the same reasons. For Nick Saban and, and Bill. All right. Uh, for three, I have, I guess, the NBA's bully. I guess Draymond Green. That's what I got. Three, Draymond Green. Draymond I like Draymond. Draymond. Okay, make my list. But number three, I got the richest athlete on the planet and Floyd Money Mayweather. Oh, yeah. He's always, and, he's always he's always gonna be a villain just because he's undefeated. Until like you yes. gotta hate on somebody you that, that wins too much. Crash. He's he, he's what makes you unlikable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Number two, I got one of the dirtiest football players of all time. You know he's calmed down recently, and that's the Yep. All right. Well, that's a good solid pick at number two. Number two, I got one of the most successful football players of all time, and Tom Brady. Okay, so he's a little higher than me. Okay, okay. Yeah. And my number one villain is is Vontez Burfitt. Vontez Burfitt. See? And my thing is, you know, I said I wasn't going to come at no Bengals in my, today, in my worst villain, because there would have been five, five Cincinnati Bengals on the list. <laughs> but I'm the number one villain in sports to me right now, just from, if I if I look at all sports, it's Roger Goodell, man. <laughs> Yeah, I I just can't stand that man. Like I wake up every every other day, just about, and post a, a F you Roger Goodell. Tweet. <laughs> I mean, Roger Goodell, man, he just I don't know. He, I mean, like I said, if if your number your number five NFL owners and they pay him his paycheck, I mean, you know how 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 I guess likable you think he's going to be, you know. And my thing is with, with Roger Goodell is like I don't even like you know I don't you know I understand and but he's. He has too much power. That's what my like. He's the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Mm. Powerful. You know that's that's too much. That's too much power to to have in one person. He, Adam Silver ain't the judge, the jury, and the executioner. I see Adam Silver. Adam Silver all about players. That's what that's what. Yeah. Is, but but that's what the NBA is about. But the NBA is a players yeah. league. So yeah. So I mean, I, I guess you can see why Adam Silver is more like the you know more like than than Roger Goodell. I don't know. I just mean Goodell. Like I said, every and like I said, I just feel like. He always coming at my boy James Harrison. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad James retired, so I ain't got to worry about that no more. Yeah, uh, yeah, I ain't happy. I'm. I, I was kind of mad he went to play for the Patriots, but he's still a st- stiller at heart. So. Oh yeah, of course. Salute James Harrison. So those are our sports villains. Uh, it's up to y'all to decide who y'all think is a villain in the Le'Veon Bell versus Pittsburgh, Tio versus the Hall of Fame, and even Kawhi versus the Spurs. Uh, we got you know got got a lot of things out there, and like I said, you don't. You don't know who's a real villain in the story until you actually know both sides. Thank you for joining me today, uh, Antoine, man. Appreciate no it. problem, man. I'm always here, Deacon Simon, to speak the gospel with Pastor Kevin Kev. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, appreciate it. We out. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. 
we can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit Bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.